The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not yet far from shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many of them, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you. When you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, Follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Right before Mass started, uh, Julie asked me, Hey, Father, are you going to be sprinkling the people 
uh, every Sunday during Easter? And, uh, and I said, yeah, yeah. I said, you know, Jesus, because it's a reminder of, of our baptism, so that, that's why we do it. And I said, yeah, I'll be doing it. And I said, you know, Jesus told Peter to feed his lambs, to feed his sheep. And I said, but I water my sheep. <laughs> so. And I've been to some of your houses, and you all do a pretty good job of watering me as well. So thank you. <laughs> you know, some, uh, some years ago, a few years ago, I was uh, down in Mexico doing some mission work. And uh, early one morning, I was out walking on this, uh, on this dirt road and praying and kind of preparing my homily for the day. So I had the, the readings for the day. And the readings were uh, that, that phrase that our Lord says in the gospel, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So I was walking along this, this dirt road, just thinking about that, and you know, the sun is, is beginning to rise. And you know, so I'm thinking about you know, like all the, the good things that I've done in life, like all those moments when I have experienced perfection in my life, when, when I feel like I've done something well, and, yeah, I was just thinking, well, this is maybe a little foretaste of what heaven is going to be like. When, when we do something well, we recognize it. And, uh, but then, as I was thinking about that, um, the little town of Aguasotepec, I think is how you say it, uh, down there in Mexico, uh, the alarm clock went off. Uh, the rooster <laughs> began to crow, and our cock or whatever they, they do. Um, but anyway, you got the little cock-a-doodle-doo, and... You know, and all of a sudden, I, maybe it's because I'm a priest, all of a sudden I began to think of, uh, of Peter and, and how he himself had promised our Lord, you know, I will never deny you, I will never do anything to ruin my love for you. And our Lord said, uh, well, before the, the cock crows three times, you will, uh, twice you will deny me three times. And so anyway, I was just uh, reminded of that. And... You know, and today, our gospel brings us back to that moment. Brings us back to that moment when Peter had his moment of sin, his experience of sin. And in his heart, he didn't feel like he lived up to Christ's expectations. You know, but I think even maybe deeper than that, I think Peter felt like he didn't live up to his own expectations of the love that he truly had for Jesus. And I think this is the guilt that he walked around with. Because he had promised our Lord so much. He'd given up so much to follow our Lord. And he didn't live up to those expectations by denying the fact that he even knew who Jesus was. You know, in our, our gospel today, you know, actually there's a ton of symbolism in our, in our gospel today. Um, you know, even just the fact that the names that are mentioned. So you have Peter is mentioned, you have Thomas is mentioned, you have Nathaniel is mentioned. Well, Peter denied Christ, denied knowing Christ. Thomas denied the resurrection. And Nathaniel denied that anything good could even come out of Nazareth, where Jesus himself was. You have... Uh, Peter, uh, you have uh, Jesus telling the disciples to throw the net on the other side. You have the fact that they caught 153 fish. You have the fact that, that Peter 
um, tucks in his garment, puts on his garment, which is, a, once again, a reminder of our baptism. He jumps in the water and he swims to, to shore. You have Peter hauling the net ashore. Peter himself hauling the net ashore. Peter himself taking from the fish that they had caught and bringing those fish to Jesus. And then obviously Jesus himself feeding the disciples. So there's a lot of symbolism that is present in the gospel. And that's just a few things. I think if we sit here and think about it, there's 50 billion things that we could draw out of this gospel. But I just want to focus a little bit here on the moment when Peter and Jesus have their conversation. This conversation of love. And Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? And the first two times that Peter is asked that question by Jesus, Jesus is asking Peter with the agape love, the unconditional love. Do you love me? And Peter responds with a philios love, which is more of a brotherly friendship love. Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me unconditionally? Well, Jesus, I love you as a good friend. I love you as a brother. And finally, our Lord, the third time he asks him, okay, Peter, so you love me. Do you love me with a brotherly love? And it's, I think it's a little bit ironic that Peter gets distressed at this question, right? Do you love me with a brotherly love? And maybe he realizes that our Lord is calling him. It's at that moment that he realizes that our Lord is calling him to a greater love. When he hears Jesus say those words, okay, Peter, I accept your friendship. I accept your friendship. And Peter realizes, gosh, Jesus wants more than just a simple friendship. He wants an unconditional love. Jesus doesn't want, this is what Peter may be thinking, Jesus doesn't want me just to to know who he is. But he wants me to, to give myself unconditionally to this person. But Christ is willing to accept what Peter can give him. And he, but he keeps inviting him to make that unconditional love. And Peter is able to say to Jesus, Jesus, you know that I love you. And it's at this moment that maybe Peter recognizes that the guilt that he's experiencing from having denied Christ is now gone. Right? Will Peter ever forget this moment? Will, he, will Peter ever forget the moment that he denied Christ? Probably not. But yet the guilt is not there. And Peter can continue living his life with the assurance that he is loved by God and with the assurance that he loves God, that he loves Jesus Christ himself as well. And Jesus affirms Peter in this love. And this is important. Jesus affirms Peter in this love, and he affirms him by giving him two things. Jesus affirms him by giving him, one, a task. He says, Peter, you love me. Tend my flock. Be a shepherd. You love me. I want you to give yourself to the rest of the church. And we can prove our love for Jesus precisely by loving others. 
because love is the greatest privilege that we have in this world. And along with that comes the great responsibility. It brought Peter it brought Peter a task. And secondly, this love brought Peter a cross. This love that Peter experiences at this moment brought him a cross. Jesus said to him, when you were young, you can choose where you were going to go, but the day will come when you will stretch out your arms on the cross and you will be taken to a place that you do not choose. One of the great characteristics of love is sacrifice. One of the great characteristics of love is sacrifice. That I am willing to give my life. That I am willing to share my life for the good of the other. And Peter himself was, some years later, was there in Rome. During the persecutions, he was running out of the city of Rome. Because all the Christians were being persecuted. And he has that vision of Jesus walking back into the city. And he asks Jesus, where are you going? Quo vadis, where are you going? And Jesus says, I'm going back to the city to die a second time. And Peter realizes that that, was, that is a message for him. That he is called to go back and to die. Our Lord continually wants to affirm us in his love. But as our Lord promised when it came to peace, our Lord also promises that when it comes to love, that our Lord does not love as the world understands love, but our Lord loves by giving us a task. Our Lord loves by affirming us and giving us the opportunity to prove our love through sacrifice. You know, I think in our lives, typically the moment when we maybe most think about love or kind of the reality that most incarnates love in our life is, is marriage. And, you know, it's, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful reality, but I think all of us can, can attest, well, all of you can attest to the fact that, you know, love or marriage is a beautiful thing. That marriage is a beautiful gift. And it's meant to be enjoyed. And it's meant to be loved. You know, but it's not without its tasks. And it's not without its, its sacrifices. And in order for us to truly create a home in our marriages, right? and, and the home is the place where we are called to truly give of ourselves, where we're called to truly give the best of ourselves, it requires tasks, it requires work, it requires responsibility, and it requires sacrifice. God the Father sent His only Son into the world so that we might have life through Him. We beg Him now for the fullness of life as we pray. That those who were baptized at Easter may grow ever stronger in their faith and be powerful witnesses of the gospel. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That God will grant our civil leaders wisdom, courage, and a firm commitment to true goodness. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the children who received First Holy Communion yesterday, that the gift of the Holy Eucharist 
will draw them into an unending friendship with the Lord. We pray to the Lord. That in this month of May, we will grow in our devotion to Mary, the Mother of God, and share in her purity. We pray to the Lord. Today's Mass is being offered for the repose of the souls of Nelsie and Mary Lemoyne. We pray to the Lord. For those who are sick or infirm, and for their caregivers, that God in his mercy will draw close to them and raise them up. We pray to the Lord. For the repose of the souls of all the faithful departed, that through our prayers and those of the Blessed Mother, they may join the saints in heaven. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. So today is also May 1st, the feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And so we pray for all workers, we pray for all employers, that they would honor their workers with a just wage. And if any workers are feeling Uh, that their wages are unjust, that they would not resort to class warfare, but that they would look for justice through uh, just means, through conversation, and through dialogue. We pray to the Lord. Most merciful Father, reveal to us your saving power and preserve us always in your grace, for we trust in you through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. 